everyone. I'm Rob Danish from the University of Waterloo, and this is Now We're Talking, episode 33. This is a podcast about communication skills, and uh, like the last episode, in this episode, we're going to talk some more about writing. And I'm here with another one of my students, Stavros, and he's going to talk to us about tone, rhythm, and emphasis in writing, and how to master those three things. So Stavros, how you doing? I'm doing well, Rob. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, like Rob said, I'm a student at the University of Waterloo. I'm one of his students. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to talk about tone, rhythm, and emphasis. So I first wanted to, to talk about a bit how writing works in general and how I had a really large misconception about uh, writing when I first started looking at it. Um, and so writing you should look at as a form of communication, just like when you're speaking to somebody. And so when I was first researching and learning about writing, I, I didn't really think about it that way. I just thought about writing as just getting words onto a paper and, and kind of being done with it and not really worrying about the effect that that has on the reader. Um, typically the kind of writing that I do is more academic. Uh, and so one thing about that writing, I would never really think about the professor uh, reading that on the other end and how my words might affect them. And so first of all, looking at that and thinking about that is obviously really important to kind of realize what you're writing and the effect that that has on the audience reading it. And so first I wanted to start off talking about tone a little bit. And uh, so tone is really important because it indicates to the person that's reading it uh, whether or not it's like a professional uh, thing or whether or not it's like a friendly thing. If it's um, formal, informal, things like that can definitely uh, indicate the kind of tone that you're trying to go for in what you're writing. So wait, wait. Well, okay. So tell us what tone is exactly. So uh, tone, basically what tone is, it's the... Uh, it's the tone of what you're writing. That's <laughs> I'm a circular sure. def- I'm going to help Stavros out. I know. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> tone is the, is the attitude you take toward the subject you're writing about. So, so you can – the same words can be used to describe the same subject, but they can display a different attitude toward that subject. So that attitude might be dismissive. It might be warm. It might be cold. It might be haughty. It, it's um, – and all with the same words. So remember that. Tone is the attitude you take toward the subject and toward your audience uh, when you're writing. So it's not about the content of the writing, but the attitude expressed by your articulation of that content. And so with that, like I said, the way that you kind of express that that tone and that attitude, um, depending on how you do it, can also inform your audience of uh, your feeling towards that and the attitude you have. So uh, like I said, if you're going a bit more informally, um, it might express that you're maybe talking to a friend, you're writing a letter to a friend or something like that. Um, whereas if you're maybe going more formal in your writing, it might be something that's more uh, for something professional or something like that. Um, and so that attitude can be changed and changed to portray what you feel uh, based off of off of, uh, off of that, off of your informal or formal tone towards what you're writing. And nothing, there is no uh, absence of tone. Everything will have a tone. Everything... Um, so you might think that, oh, I'm writing in a tone-free manner. Well, you're not. Um, so, cause, cause we're trying to articulate how the kind of emotional resonance, um, Kenneth Burke called the ones, the dancing of an attitude. Um, you can't not have an attitude toward your subject. It's not really possible cause you can't have an emotion. You can't not have an emotional predisposition toward that subject matter or that audience. So even if you're thinking you're writing in a way that, 
uh, eliminates tone, you're not essentially. You're you're always displaying tone toward audience or toward subject matter. Um, so it's best to be strategic about it, especially if you want to be formal or informal. Or there's lots of different ways of divvying it up, but it's best to be thoughtful or intentional about your choice of tone. Yeah, definitely. That's one thing that's important to note is that all three of these things, tone, emphasis, and rhythm, um, it's all things that you're always doing when you're writing. It's all things that are always going to be there. And so it's important to be aware of that so that when you're writing, you can try and manipulate that in the way and to have the effect on your reader and your audience that you want to have. Um, so the one the one example that came up to mind for me when I was reading about when I was learning about tone was um, emails in particular. Uh, so as a residence life don, the people that that live with the first year students here on campus at Waterloo, um, I have to send a lot of emails both to my students um, and to my supervisors. Uh, and so I w when I was reading about tone in particular, I was kind of trying to think about um, the way that I write those emails and the the attitude I have towards when I'm writing about. And so when I was looking at that and when I was looking over past emails that I've written, I kind of realized that all of my emails are kind of in a, uh, in a formal tone when I'm addressing it to my supervisors, whereas they're all more informal when I'm addressing it to my students. Um, and so looking at that kind of helped me realize the kind, of, um, the kind of relationship I wanted to have with the two different audiences that I was writing to, even though sometimes the, the content was the exact same. I was writing it in a bit of a different way in order to have the effect that I wanted on the on the audience that was going to be reading those emails. Um, and so I thought that was just kind of interesting looking at that and something that, it, it wasn't really something that I was, had consciously in mind when I was doing it to look at the tone, but when I was going back and looking at those emails, it was something that I noticed I was doing unconsciously. And that will tell you a lot about the kind of imagination, the, the, the kind of relationship you imagine you have with either your students or your supervisors, etc. I got an email just this morning from a student that said, thanks, bruv, B-R-U-V. I don't really know what bruv means. It's not a word that I've ever used, or I imagine it's some sort of slang word for that millennials use for brother. Uh, but it was totally, totally inappropriate. He imagines a relationship with me that does not exist. Um, so you know, you're, you're actively imagining how you relate to your audience when you're intentionally choosing a tone to address them. Yeah, definitely. And, and what I think is interesting too is, is your tone can also indicate either a sense of like urgency or a sense of more relaxed, uh, more relaxed tone depending on, on how you're writing. So if you're writing short sentences using little amount of words, um, that kind of conveys a, a tone of urgency to your reader. Uh, whereas if you're maybe using more uh, long sentences with longer complex words it might kind of uh, depending on what you're writing about maybe do more of like a sadness tone something like that so depending on on how you format your sentences and stuff could also indicate a different tone to your audience um, and so I kind of realized so I like writing stories um, and I like writing short stories books stuff like that and so though that's something that I really care about and it's something that I'm consciously trying to have a certain effect uh, on my audience and so when, when something in, intense or something is happening in my books when I'm writing them, I definitely use much shorter sentences because I want to have that sense of quick paced urgency, the characters are in trouble. Whereas if something more emotional is happening, I will definitely use longer sentences to try and kind of convey that emotion to the reader. Um, and so just something that I thought was interesting looking at that and kind of realizing these things that I was kind of doing and that I'm sure you're doing as well that you don't maybe notice until you actually start looking at looking for it. So word choice and sentence structure are two things that can alter or change tone. So my student choosing to use the word bruv, whatever that is, to address me indicates tone. And then what Stavros is describing is 
alterations to sentence structure, longer, shorter sentences, can alter the tone of the message being conveyed by, by those sentences. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now I wanted to move a bit more towards rhythm and talk about that a little bit. Um, so rhythm, essentially, uh, a lot of people, when they think of rhythm, they think of rhythm as in like rhythm in songs and in music. Um, and so it's, it's somewhat similar when you're talking about rhythm in just normal writing, in that uh, how you write, there is a rhythm to it, and what you're doing uh, matters, and it will have an effect on your audience, just like a rhythm will in a song. Um, and so the effect on your audience is important because it's all about the word choice and, and how you're doing that. Um, so primarily the thing that, that stood out to me when I was reading about rhythm was the, um, the word choice that you use when you're opening a sentence. And that's something that I always have trouble with, especially when I'm writing academically. Um, I tend to like starting sentences with this or I, uh, stuff like that. And so I'm always going, reading through my, my papers and looking specifically for those things um, because I know that if you constantly start sentences with this, 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 um, it just becomes very repetitive and the rhythm is just, it's just lost on the audience and it becomes very boring for them to read. And so changing that word choice, um, especially for that word, in, in particular the beginning word, um, can really alter the rhythm of, uh, of a sentence, of a paragraph. Uh, and make it more more enjoyable for your audience to read when they're going through your writing. Um, so that was one thing that I really noticed for it. Um, and in particular, like I said, in general, what you're when you're writing, if you're using more words that are maybe longer or different, something that you're finding where the point of emphasis, which we'll talk about next in the um, sentences, and changing that to maybe be a different word, a word that maybe ha might be more fun depending on what you're trying to have the effect on your audience, it could change the rhythm of the sentence in general as you're going through it. I like to use the word wooden or stiff sometimes to describe student writing and in my view wooden or stiff writing um, doesn't have a very uh, pleasant rhythm uh, and that's usually because the sentence pattern is exactly the same or repeated over and over again or begins with a relatively dull kind of opening. Um, though, so what Stavros is trying to describe I think is the way to avoid uh, writing in a kind of somewhat stiff or, or wooden way. And if you read what you've written out loud, you can hear if it feels stiff or wooden or if it has a kind of suppleness to it or a kind of movement to it. Definitely. That's one thing that's really kind of a good way to go about looking at these things when you're reading or when you're writing it, that is, is to, is to say it out loud. A lot of times when you write something, you just write it. And or at least when I do it, I just write it and then I'm kind of done with it. But when you read things out loud, um, you start to pick out those nuanced things a little bit more because you're you're saying the same word over and over and over, and it's just something that you kind of, it, it sticks out to you more when you're reading it out loud and you're actually saying it. Um, and so the last thing I wanted to talk about before I get into a bit more examples is emphasis. Um, and our emphasis is just as important, if not more important than the other two, because um, it's in all the other two things uh, combined. And so the emphasis obviously is what um, you're trying to emphasize and normally the most important part of a sentence um, so that might be just one word or it might be a series of words um, within a sentence that's really conveying the most important thing uh, in that idea that you want to get across to your audience. Um, this is the one that I think I have the most trouble with. Uh, I always find it very difficult when I'm rereading a sentence that I've written to, to pick out what the most important word is. And I think that's probably because uh, to different people, the most important word in that sentence might be different. Um, and so picking out what might be the most important word for me might not be what my audience that I'm going for, what the, the most important word for them uh, would be. Um, I think it's important to, though, to be intentional about trying to control the point of emphasis of the sentence. So 
when I think of emphasis, I, I'm, I'm thinking about both things you're describing. What is the audience likely to latch onto from that sentence? But also, what am I intending to convey or what am I intending to articulate or express in this sentence? And we control the point of emphasis when those two things line up and we don't control it when they don't line up and we often create confusion if they don't line up. So um, i trying to think of an example, but uh, uh, if someone likes to use kind of uh, particularly startling language and might use a kind of graphic word in the course of a sentence, that will draw the audience's attention and will become a point of emphasis, even though that might not be the core content of what the person is trying to express. So you have to figure out how to structure a sentence and choose words so that your point of emphasis is intentionally controlled and communicated effectively to the audience. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it, in my opinion, one of the most difficult things and the most important because it is what you want. It is the it is primarily the message that you want your audience to get, um, and so it's something that's hard to kind of to wrap your head around and to to make sure that you're doing. Uh, but because it's so important, and because it like rhythm and tone, uh, both these things, the emphasis can affect both what the tone of the sentence is and the rhythm as it goes along, um, as well. So with that, I wanted to jump in a couple of examples, uh, and primarily what I wanted to look at was uh, were books, some of my favorite books. Um, and so two of my favorite book series are uh, Harry Potter and another book series that's not as popular called The Dresden Files. Uh, they're both funny enough about a wizard named Harry, uh, but totally different different audiences are, in, are intended for these books. Um, and the reason I want to talk about books is because a lot of times when you're when you're reading a book and you don't really think about this or when you're writing you're really trying to have the, an effect on the audience. And so I think that books, for most people, is what they think about when they're thinking about having an effect on an audience. When you're writing academically, you don't normally think about that as much, or at least in my experience and in talking with um, some of my colleagues and other students. But when you're writing a story, you're writing trying to have a specific effect on the audience, and that's something that's, that's at the forefront of your thinking when writing. Um, and so that's why I wanted to talk about these books a little bit. And so... The two series, obviously, Harry Potter is much more well known. Uh, it's a series primarily based, uh, or in like, a, it's intended for children primarily. Um, that's when J.K. Rowling wrote the book. It was for children, um, whereas the Dresden Files is a bit more of a gritty um, story. Uh, it's about a a uh, wizard who lives in modern day Chicago, and he's a, a private investigator. Um, and so, it's a lot more gritty themes, a lot more death, a lot more intrigue. Um, a lot more maybe like other undertones that are not maybe as indicated uh, for children and so in for me looking at these two different stories um, and the way that they're written I can definitely see a different use of tone of rhythm and emphasis on different words within them because they're trying to have a different effect on the audience whereas Harry Potter um, is trying to be a bit more lighthearted a bit more fun trying to get kids to think about uh, learning magic the Dresden Files is not like that it's more about um, looking at the effect that magic has on different things um, and the kind of brutal things that can be done with magic. And it's described in, uh, in like I said, very gritty uh, ways to kind of have an effect on the audience as they're reading it and picturing these things in their head. Um, so looking at those two different stories for me kind of helps indicate and, and show the difference that you can have and, and the importance of tone, rhythm, and emphasis because they both are completely different in how it's done and they have a different effect on me as a reader. Um, the one is a lot more lighthearted, enjoyable, and fun, whereas the other one I enjoy just as much, if not more, but it's a lot more gritty um, 
and to the point as opposed to Harry Potter. See, I think that I just want to follow up on this Harry Potter thing. I, I recently watched <laughs> the movies and I'm recently reading the books with my kids. And uh, my interpretation of that series, the one difference between the books and the movies, and so movies have tone too. The movies are very dark. And by dark, I mean lit in a very dark way. Like mm -hmm. the screen is very dark. And I always read that as um, the makers trying to mature along with their audience. So if a seven or eight-year-old or nine-year-old would have read the book, that nine-year-old is now 16 or 17 or 18 when they see the movie. And they, to me, the movies kind of diminish some of the whimsicalness and play up yep. the dark, uh, like inner psychic struggle that Harry is going through. And when I read the first book, I don't see any of that. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I, like I just, it's just not present for me. Uh, it is exactly as you're describing in, in the book. So you can even change tone um, of the same text itself by adding what I would call, I don't mean color just in the, in the literal sense, but color to the expression or the representation um, of the, the words themselves. That's really how tone kind of uh, can shift um, from one thing, one thing to one kind of tone to another kind. Um, okay, so um, Star Wars, you want to give us a quick summary For sure. before we end here? So um, the three things we were talking about today were tone, uh, rhythm, and emphasis. Uh, so tone, you're trying to portray a specific attitude toward the subject that you're talking about and an attitude towards your audience um, to have a specific effect on them. Uh, rhythm, you're trying to create a certain kind of, of rhythm in your words, and so that's by word choice, both in the beginning of your sentence and throughout your sentence, um, and that can be the length of your sentences as well. And then emphasis is you're trying to specifically find uh, the, the point that you want to emphasize, the idea that you want to come through the most throughout a sentence or a paragraph, and make sure that that is the point of emphasis, so that is where your audience, uh, your audience's eyes will be drawn after reading the sentence and what they'll remember afterwards. Great. Okay. Uh, thanks, Stavros. We'll be back with a couple more episodes on writing uh, soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a good week.